relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. took a little break again mike had to go to another river and uh get stuff out because you know <laughs> stuff happened to him recently so we're things, still you know still, things, things this things. is a podcast about medicine and there's different forms of medicine uh but we are back we've got some great guests lined up uh we're not taking breaks anymore is that who was it that Are wasn't me. Was that Mike? Are you back, Mike? I am back. I'm okay. completely back. Are we okay? Should we start? Yeah. Re- <laughs> Should we start again? <laughs> um, we're not, but. No, it's just the river calling me back to its sweet That's bosom. okay. And I was worried you weren't coming back. And I was going to be okay with that. But I was like, we're, I can't do podcasts anymore. I'm not going to replace Mike. But it is a bummer that we're not going to do it. And then <laughs> uh, I'm back. I'm here. I don't know if you fully, but we're okay with it. <laughs> and we got cool stuff lined up we're about to do. So it's also like, I hope he's back. Um, <laughs> just going forward with it. That's all you can do. I just knew that you were coming back from Idaho because I've been to Idaho enough to know that, like where I'm from, while it's probably one of the most gorgeous places on the planet it's also when you talk to people you're like oh we can't live here damn it we can't mm-hmm. this is <laughs> it's very isolated and, and i and isolation more times than not just leads to weird hatefulness for no reason and fear i think yeah. that's probably what it's the fear of the unknown so you have to be like punch it and then it's out to get me and there's these groups that they're like i just don't think a lot of people work together as much as you think they do it was weird. Every person that I smoked weed with was like, you know, like, oh, where are you from? And it's like, oh, I live in Eugene. And they're like, oh, I'm from Oregon, too. And I was like, I, I guess I could have figured that out. Oh, yeah, because they're doing the thing and they're not living in a... I got arrested there once. I will say this about Idaho. I spent the night in jail there. Uh, it was very... Our guest just left. Uh, it was very like Andy Griffith type jail where mm-hmm. it was like, yeah. it was bigger than that, but it was like me and another person who was very, very terrified. And I was like, it's, I was not terrified, but I was just more like, ah, I got, I'm in jail. Shit. Like, this is embarrassing. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, like the first time you go to jail, it's like, you think you're a really bad person. You don't understand no. that you're just like an idiot. Like there's a difference. But there is the first couple hours you're like, ah, gotta change who I am. This is bad. And I was in Idaho and then a lot of it was because of weed. I was I got pulled over with out of state plates, blew a point oh eight, and then I had oof, uh, that's it's illegal the, even the state trooper when i blew it twice he was like oh dude i'm so and i was like don't do that don't arrest me and then be like bummed about it 
What, like your car got declined? Don't be a like, dick. No. Don't be a dick. But also don't be like, oh, this sucks. And you're like, no. <laughs> you but, are actively a part of this. It yeah, is, it's like you could. You we suck. Need, we need to stop this right now. Like you're letting my buddy who is in a blackout go right now. Uh, that's true. They took him back to the goddamn hotel. I was like, he's in a black. He's the reason I think still. But long story short, I was like, the responsible. I was. Person. Yeah, I mean, if we're being real, I really was. Like it, at the time, you can't be also like, listen, if you understood my tolerance to alcohol, <laughs> you would understand this is nothing. I'll but race you, you right now. It is kind of like you want me. I, I did all the tests. He was like mad because he was like, "Wow, you're." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." He's in a blackout. Uh, and that's, then, a, that's soft selling out your friend, like not full sellout, but like, if you let me go, I'll give you him. No, not even that. Like, let me go take care of my friend who's fucked up. That was yeah, kind of my. That was like the kind of angle I was going, and then he's like. Man, you got, I got to, oh, I know why he had to take me. I, this is such an important part of the story that I always forget. <laughs> three years, two or three years before, I had gotten in a wreck. My car hydroplaned in the mountains in South Carolina, North Carolina border, going to a gig in Charlotte. Hydroplane wrecked. Uh, totaled this half of this Ford Ranger I had. And then the cop, the state trooper gave me a ticket. He's like, well, if you hydroplane, you're going too fast. And I was like, I don't, it's not how that works. I was, remember, <laughs> there was another car in front of me that had done it too. So there was like two of us, like, and I, it was just like a stream of goddamn water on the, cause it's the mountain. And I was like, I know I wasn't going too fast. I know because I couldn't say because I was because like, I was a little stoned and this was freaking me the fuck out. So I know I wasn't going too fast. Uh, and I was like, and then, but I was so young into comedy. He gave me the ticket or whatever. I was like, all right, um, can I keep going? He's like, he's like, what do you mean you need to get a tow? And I was like, well, is it illegal for me to drive this? He's like, not if it's drivable, but man, that thing's fucked up. And I was like, cool, I've got like <laughs> 70 miles to go. And I drove it 55 more miles. Just like, and like when I finally pulled off onto the thing, people ran out of this diner because I guess they thought I just did it. And they're like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> like a bunch of people ran. I was like, oh, I did this an hour ago. And they're like, you've been driving that thing for an hour? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, why? And I was like, I got show to do. And... <laughs> that was, that's how I, I never paid that ticket because I just kind of, I think I left it in the truck, which was totaled, and they came and <laughs> took it. And so my license was suspended, and that's why I went to jail in Idaho. Oh, so that, oh. So he had to take me, sucks. and then he, he was like, and then he was like, you you're not drunk obviously when we got a station but he was like hey i have to look in your car i was like there's weed in there i was like i'll just tell you i was like yeah i'll say it It was like if you're gonna look you're gonna find it i wasn't hiding it and then the coolest part of this long fucking story (laughs) of is this was years ago and i hired a you know you hear and everyone listens to this podcast knows like when you get in trouble you go 
find who which lawyer's good at the thing you got in trouble for. That is, go and if they're a little extra, give them the little extra. There's a reason. That is, so I found the DUI person in uh, Idaho, and it was in tr and it was so much cheaper than when I got in trouble in Washington and Seattle. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but it uh. He called me. He's like, here, you took care of this, this, and this. He's like, the only thing I couldn't, he's like, but the, I was worried about possession that I would have to come mm -hmm. back. And he's like, no, in Idaho, it's just the ticket because it was just so little. This was years before anyone, it was probably 2006 or 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were so far ahead of that than everybody else. They were else. 90, 97 with decriminalization. See, and I had, I was just pure luck. And then he was like, he's like, ah, but I can't get that. He's like, it's just a ticket, but I can't get it off your record, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's all right. He's like, you sure? He's like, we, you could come do a couple. I was like, man, I don't, no, I just send you the money. I don't care. He's like, I was like, wait, why should I be concerned that's on my record? And he was like, oh, well, if you're trying to get a job or something like that, I was like, oh, no. I'm, <laughs> No. I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm going to put this in my fucking bio I think <laughs> and he started laughing he's like awesome he's like when you come back to Idaho I was like oh never I'm never <laughs> not and there's the you gotta pay me a lot more money than I was making that night and he started laughing he's like I understand but if he, he was out of Moscow so you gotta call that's, if you ever get in trouble so this this wasn't even this so Moscow Idaho is like 500 people but this is because of the university. Yeah, because they well, because it's outside of it's outside of Boise, but it's it's like smaller than Coeur d'Alene. Yes, but where I Ooh. got arrested was in uh, uh, Lewiston. Oh wow! So going somewhere, you weren't stopping in Lewiston. No, that's where the show was. <laughs> what was yeah. this a triple run? No. Oh wow! It was, I mean. This is a weird time to be talking about this, but th we all kind of <laughs> understand. Uh, no, it was at a private club. Like, it, it was just this weird... I like forget. a dinner club? Man, it wasn't like an <laughs> Eagles club, because I did some of those when I lived in the Northwest. It was this... You know how, like, okay, I would describe it... When, this will get back to people that listen to this podcast. Sure. I think <laughs> that, you know how in certain small towns or like whatever that someone will come into money or has money or whatever. And they're like, Hey, let's do like a, like a, like a private bar situation, kind of like club where we can. And what it is, is like, they've been to an actual city i think and there's bars where you go do cocaine and that's what the bar is set up <laughs> do you know what i mean there's those like oh, private yeah, I know rich exactly. people yep. oh, bars yeah. i've done a couple of those shows in like atlanta and san francisco and where you're in a longview has one of those yeah when you're in a, of, that's where you do comedy like, in longview is what is this and then you're like you go into the bathroom you're like oh well that's really nice and oh okay this is where most people are hanging out okay and that's why this is private. So it was like, 
it was like the small town version of that is what it seemed like where they were like we're we should bring comedians in here we got my you know and they were like like they were really all about how fucked up they could get us was mm -hmm. like the thing and then they wanted us to hang and then they were like y'all can drive it's fine this place you know and like i called the dude as soon as we got pulled over that owned the place and was like hey and he's like oh if it's if it's state man i can't help you and i remember being like <laughs> i remember being like yeah but i mean if it had been city you couldn't help me you know what i mean it had been yeah. like he just wanted so, to know which one he had to he get was just trying to for. find that he was like you know i was just young enough to be like ah oh, damn it that's this is so <sighs> to bring it back sure i, I mean, have to do yeah i had to do that type of show in roseburg oregon where we are told that it's going to be a huge show and you know we're going on down to roseburg our south and we show up to this bar and there's nobody in the bar whatsoever and the bar we're like where's all the people at and the bartender's like oh they're coming and it was just like what the fuck and it was a huge outdoor grower um just brought his entire trim scene down to come and hang out so it's just 20 people who haven't bathed or showered and uh -huh. like just two smell months. like resin and just oh my god and then they're just all smoking weed and they want to get us high and smoke us out and everything and then we're like oh so there's no show and they're like no you guys could just perform for us and just... it's not karaoke like uh it is. we're hanging out already it is. <laughs> you know how i just made you all laugh by just standing around together let's give me fifty dollars <laughs> yeah why is it different if i'm elevated a foot and a half yeah just put them i'll wear a meter and I'll, every couple of minutes i'll stop talking and you guys just swipe a card and we'll we'll go from there man uh our guests and you already know who they are because you saw the name of the episode and i do that every time like we're trying to hide something you like it's terrestrial radio yeah uh, but station identification check where are you i mean i see your your uh where are you every time i talk to you you're somewhere different so yeah so it's like and it's and i've known comics and now growers are like people i hang out with and talk to and they're transient people so i don't ask people like I don't assume that people are where they were the last time I saw them. I'm always just like, so where are you at now? Because um, <laughs> when so you I'm, assume, I'm you're like, so you still right in now. you still in San Francisco? And they're like, no, dude, I'm not. You know, they're just like, what? <laughs> no. Man, where where was I the last time we talked, Billy? Maybe here. Yeah. Okay. So here in would LA, be LA. Not in the yeah. forest that I have Got in it. my background. <laughs> Uh, so me and my uh, girlfriend at the time uh, got priced out of Los Angeles and got conned into moving to Las Vegas for three years. Whoa, I missed all that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, See, I... that's uh, why you ask. You ask where uh -huh. <laughs> So I will, um, be, because I'm terrible at writing, we'll, we'll do a, a... You want to do a flashback like to when, to when we first met? Because I think that would... Uh, that helped the people. Well, that was in Portland met. and like Beaverton, right? Do you remember the first day that we met? No, I mean those times. 
Uh, I yep. met you when we were hanging out with our friend uh, Kyle Kinane, who's a comedian as well. Um, and you were sitting on the porch of the Hawthorne <laughs> Theater, and you had just eaten a lot of mushrooms. Okay, and I remember we were, And you were stone cold sober <laughs> when I talked to you, but you were starting to feel the effects of the fungus of a mushroom, which... Uh, just lucid conversation, but every three to five minutes, you would dry heave for two minutes. I remember Like, this. off to the side. Because we ate a bunch. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then you'd apologize yeah. for, like, a minute. I'm so sorry, but, like, I just, a part of it, I was like, I know, it's fine. <laughs> oh, I remember this so clear, yes. It was awesome. Like, yes. it was... Because <laughs> you were, you also, because I was like, oh, well, this guy's probably going to be my friend for life. Like not mm -hmm. like daily friend, but like just we come into each because you their orbits, yeah. It never, uh, your energy never changed at all. Yeah. Anytime I was like, yeah, no, I see what you're talking. <laughs> and you just would uh -huh. pause and, and I, be yeah, like, and then I'd be like, come back in. So like, so I think we like took a left when we should have took her. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun and night. Yeah, it was great. Like, and the next day, I convinced you to go over to the Cannabis Cafe, if I remember, because I I had been the original, original Cannabis Cafe, um, because my roommate at the time, who's old, like, Portland comic named Boomer, who was, have you met Boomer? I so, love this, Boomer, so, so I, this I is used going to be funny. Okay, so I so. used to live in a house that I... This is this goes this is like pre Portlandia Portland. So mm -hmm. this is when Portland was actually crazier than standards and practices would let you show on television. I lived in a full house for two hundred bucks a month. I rented two of the rooms out to one of them to Richie Stratton, who's also a comedian, and one to Boomer. Boomer comes home and goes, I just met this lady and she just said that we could do comedy there anytime. So I put structure to this idea that Boomer had to do a comedy show to get around the original OMMP license. So back then, medical marijuana in Oregon was very, very restrictive. Like you had to be dying or close to dying to get an OMMP card. And that was to get like the best weed in Oregon from the best growers because you could get a cultivator's license and still get access to all the stuff. So as soon as you were behind the gates, it didn't matter what you did. So we figured out a way for OMMP to approve an entertainer's permit so we had the ability to bring comedians with no license into a cannabis cafe and back then it was, it was i think it was 10 to 15 dollars and it was all you could smoke all you could eat it was everything and we literally just put comedians in a room and got them as high as possible and then put them on stage in front of like people that were dying and try to make people that were dying laugh for like 20 minutes which sounds terrible but these people were so ready for it like they they're in such a place that it's like all they wanted to do was forget like that their back hurt or that they like have like this terrible diagnosis in front of them and like laugh at some comedians and it was amazing the first show we ever did there was uh timmy williams and richard bain and it was just like everybody wow. wanted to do that show so like pure I... joy little, little balls of joy Oh, it was I, fantastic. I mean, it was riding the lightning. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, but it was like I could get on stage and because it was truly rising tide raises all ships. Like, everybody was riding at a certain level and everybody around you was riding at a certain level that you wanted to be 
on that level with everybody as far as writing goes but if somebody failed everybody that was there to pick you right back up it was it 2009 through like 2012 portland was amazingly supportive yeah so i did that show with uh ron funches the lovely voice of our mm. uh of our uh theme song and uh seth milstein and boomer and um boomer actually now works at a dispensary that carries my flower and he's always oh, like i remember mike so that's very funny very small small oregonian world all together i was i used to babysit ron's son with him when his ex-wife would go and get it she was supposed to get us a bag of weed so he we sent her out of the house with forty dollars and i was down in eugene doing a show and she came back and threw a christmas tree in the front door and a bag of weed on the table and then slammed the door and then was staring through the peephole and we started doing the math on the fact that a tree was $40 and Ron had sent her out to get a Christmas tree because Malcolm really wanted a Christmas tree. <laughs> but she had figured she would just take care of it and jump the fence and steal a Christmas tree. And it worked. I mean, it's like nobody chases anybody into an apartment building in Eugene because nobody wants to see what nope. those people are capable of. No, and you don't want to mess with someone that's going to steal a Christmas tree either. Cause you're like, no, oh, there's a reason. <laughs> I don't know what you want with this, but you got it. It's good luck. It's yours. Yeah, you wanted it. You earned it. Uh, but since I've been, uh, so me and my 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 girlfriend in LA moved uh, to L to Las Vegas. We were there for two years. Decided we needed to leave, and then the country locked down because of uh, COVID. And then uh, we couldn't stand any of the weed in Vegas, so we started coming out to Palm Springs to basically treat it like a Costco and just buy like quantity and then go back to Vegas and smoke all the California weed and then come back and we eventually moved out here. So now we're living in Palm Springs. So I'm 20 minutes from Andy Wood. <laughs> oh, okay. I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, so we're like we're like Joshua Tree area, like Southern California desert where it's, it's kind of nice because it, it reminds me of Northern California back in like the 90s and 2000s where it's like there's just enough people where it's like at the tipping point where it's like they're talking about building a skyscraper in Palm Springs, and we're like, but we just got here. Oh, are they? Yeah, that's like planned or something. Like, I don't wow. know. I'm becoming an old man quick, but like one of those cool, fun old men. Yeah, but like, that's, I love Palm Springs. Like, it's, it's like the perfect desert vibe because it doesn't have that. And it's just like, there is like a little social life, but it's a lot of like, we're going to sit, it's hot as hell. So we're going to sit by the, the pool, we're going to dip in, and we're going to eat by the pool, we're going to go chill. Like, it's one of my favorite, like, after I take the special, you know, that week is all, like, nutty. Well, this more than a week, but, like, that, especially that week. And then I left Denver and flew directly to Palm Springs and just, oh, and just, they, I would, there's a hotel I like to stay at that's, like, that old school kind of vibe. And, I and just, that's that's like one of my oh. favorite parts about out here. And I just I went to a dispensary. I had some I had some Colorado weed, and then I was like, I'm gonna get some Cali weed. And then I ate food that stoned in the desert, and like calm the fuck down. So I get that. What did you do in Vegas for three years? That's in, that's more interesting than Palm Springs. <laughs> so that's that's kind of the weirdest part. It's like 
like so I I'm currently like I currently work for a cannabis dispensary out here. So it's like I came from the customer side into the cannabis industry side in the weirdest possible way. So it's like so and I'm in Vegas doing uh I was a quality control engineer for one of the largest uh manufacturing companies left in the United States. Hmm. Uh, so I used to work directly with every single Cummins diesel engine that they make uh, that are designed for transloader lifts uh, and jib lifts and wound up redesigning one of... Uh, do you know uh, Do you know what a bucket lift is? or They call them jib loaders where it's yeah. a 60-foot lift and it's what people use as like a mobile scaffolding so they like clean buildings with it and stuff like that. Um, I showed them the right way to build those because... Uh, I found a way to just basically weaponize my autism into learning about mechanics and being like, why aren't you doing it this way? And they were like, you're amazing at this, but we're still going to pay you nothing. So then I just stopped doing that and then started taking that knowledge and applying it to inventory management in the cannabis industry, which is, it's really similar, shockingly enough. It's not steel. It's just stuff you can smoke. So that's the nice part. It's still logistics. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's that's my kind of biggest beef with what's going on in in retail cannabis right now is, uh, so you both like I feel like most of your listeners are like like the whole like oh god it's their their new buzzword vertical integration like have you heard of vertical integration? <laughs> um, I like it to a point, but I feel like all of these places take it too far. Because um, Bill, you work in kitchens, right? I have. Or like, yeah. Like most kitchens run on two to three distributors and most cannabis industries run on 20 to 30 distributors. And everybody wants to use their own logistics, which makes all the cannabis go up in price because everybody wants to pay for their own vans and everything. So you wind up getting like it's it's been this whole thing where I it's, it's very hard for somebody like me to sell somebody a $60 eighth where it's actually a $30 eighth. But the state is taking a huge chunk of that, and then it's not even a thirty dollar eighth. The the actual cultivator is getting like maybe three dollars or four dollars an eighth, which is outrageous for somebody who's tending a plant to that level. <laughs> so it's it's been a huge issue for me, like because it's like I watch people come into a dispensary and spend seventeen fifty every day on an eighth of weed, and they wind up just smoking all day long, and then they complain about it. But God forbid they want to spend the extra ten dollars and buy something that's exponentially better. It's an oral fixation at that point. They just need something full on. It's it's Doral's, and it's just it's sad to to watch the industry cater to people like that because it's like that that part of the industry is never going to disappear. Like you're always going to have low ballers. You're always going to have somebody at the bottom end. But it's like it's 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 weird to like. It's weird to watch people gravitate towards THC given what science is out there to be learned, I guess is kind of one way to put that it. That part is fascinating because it's so everyone everywhere you go, anybody that knows anything about cannabis is saying that like loudly. Like but hmm. like then you go to any dispensary anywhere and it's still yeah. every and they're like you talk to bud tenders that know what they're talking about too, they're like, It's still what these fucking assholes want. Is oh like, yeah, they come in like, "What's the highest?" Sh and I saw it two day, two or three days ago at Green Thumbs, 
Mm -hmm. And it's and not dude walked in, 21 like, the highest. He said, yeah, it was, he was like, yeah. I just want the highest stuff. And I was like, Oops. and you see the girls are like, they roll their eyes and it's yep. like $70 a night. Yep. <laughs> and it's, and it's pencil shaving dry. Like it's so bothersome to me because I, I like, I work in a, in a smaller cannabis dispensary. I don't want to say their name because I'm like mad at them right now, but uh, like there's six different shops across California. So it's like, we get a lot of variety in our shops, but the problem with variety in shops is it's, you're giving someone that has the capacity for five choices, 150 choices in the same budgetary category. So it's like somebody walks in that, that really wants highs, but is settling for mids because they don't want to spend the money and you're just like okay there's 40 brands you can choose from and you've already narrowed it down to like indicas and a strain so here are 23 bags of jealousy because you don't want to spend an extra five dollars for a jar and like i have a i have a jeweler's loop so it's like i i recommend like if anybody who works in the cannabis industry here's justin's fact i guess is just like get a 12 dollar loop like get a jeweler's loop because you can show people trichomes and you can show people different colors and, and things like that, that a company is not really going to be able to provide where certain companies can, can you give you a card. Out? No. So we have a bud bar. So bud bars are pretty common in the state of California where it's like you have um, like a plastic jar or a plastic little disc that has like a gram display that's sent to you usually by the company. And you can put that on display and look it over and things like that. My loop, I can usually th see through jars. Like, I can't... The, the laws in general are archaic. The fact that I can't... Okay, you could do everything but smell it. And it's like, what the... What? Like, it but doesn't smelling make... it's the one thing that tells you if you want it or not. Yep. And Don't even, tell them that. Even They'll from cartridges, too. It's Have you guys exhausting. talked about CRCs on the show? Like CRC, like CRC extractions? Creative. Clearwater. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, like I love them. Great band. If you're not playing it around plants, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, it's, they respond. It's fogarty. Um, so uh, CRC is cold remedial cone is what it stands for. And CRCing is is stripping uh, a, an inferior cannabis oil to make it clearer. And to make it, it's some people call it a filtering and some people call it a strip because like whenever you see like eight different brand or like one brand comes out with eight different strains but every single strain is like exactly the same thc content and all of them look the exact same that's usually a sign that that company is like doing a really heavy crc extraction which crcing a lot of people are like oh it's fine but it's also like like I use I use a cake metaphor a lot because it's easier for some of my my older clients to understand. It's like power washing a cake. Like you spent all this time to build this thing, and then you're just gonna just wash it with a power washer. And it's yeah, there's still a cake there, but it's not really the same cake that you just made. <sighs> yeah, no, <laughs> no. There's a lot. It's like. <clears throat> It's that weird human thing where I think because people want to be on the cutting edge and people want to keep learning, then it's part of that is like they chase it in the wrong direction a lot of times. You know, they chase and you're like, uh, I think it's clear this is not. 
like let's go somewhere else and do it a different way but you know it's like my friends that i have a friend he'll say he gets all shitty sometimes about marijuana because he was in redding california during the green rush and during some of that stuff and he's like yeah and these people and it brings this kind of element and then they blow up trailers because they're trying to do dab stuff and i was like yeah because it's illegal but he was like, in redding he was i mean he wasn't doing um pot stuff he was doing nonsense stuff. like redding <laughs> redding is such a weird area though too because everybody exactly because, I grew up there. I, like, like, I grew up 20 miles outside of Reading. But it doesn't represent like most of that cannabis culture. Like Reading no. is just a weird place because it's on I-5. And it's also this area that in a lot of ways it's it's very uh they get off on being secretive about things that they consider illicit and being very proud about not being into any of that stuff meanwhile you know you have people that are like and this goes back to the 90s you have people that are literally paying off local sheriffs to let them pass through that that area because when people talk about the golden triangle that's the really red point of the golden triangle because you have to hit the five like if you want to see how cannabis moves look at the freeways and like it goes over the 299 and the 273 connects into redding hits the i-5 goes up to oregon and down into southern california because there's no water in Southern California back then, so all of the good cannabis is not coming from the south. It was coming from up north. So that was uh, when I managed the grow shop. There was a guy who would come and buy his nutrients and his AC from Redding. Mm-hmm. And like I remember one time he was like buying an AC. And he was like, oh, man, my grow room's so hot. I, I drove up here to buy an AC. And I was like, dude, it's like one of those wall you know mount you know wall just doing it the wrong way like you and you could have just bought that at home depot and just been like it's for my apartment like i don't think but that's not a suspicious (laughs) purchase like it's hot outside you're like yeah i'm gonna get an air conditioner like were you growing weed you're like no that's not no, it just doesn't get hot here a lot now. It does. It's so and then the guy fun. behind him is buying like every like he watched an episode of Breaking Bad with a shopping list, and it's like <laughs> that area is just. Full Can I get of seven Sudafeds? <laughs> he was definitely. I get six. So this okay. is a car wash. <laughs> yeah. He was definitely wearing a lot of Fox Racing gear and yeah. acted like he knew a lot more about what was really going on than most people. Yeah, but is, uh, I grew, so up, grew a up a nerd in, in that town. So, yeah. so you grew up just cannabis is part of life. I didn't realize that until, oh God. So I was talking to my old neighbor that I grew up next to my entire growing up, like from the age of like three until I taillights on that town at 18 and moved to LA. Like... I was at, I was talking to my neighbor because my first experience with cannabis was I was I fi- I'm 15 years old and I found a box of like 70s hippie weed with a, a roach clip that was a crocodile That's cool. and the clip was the little crocodile mouth uh, and I, I showed like it anymore. to these goth girls <laughs> to impress them and they scammed me out of it and stole it 
out of Whoa. my neighbor's garage. It wasn't mine. I found it. My neighbor's garage it was like, check out this cool thing I found. It w uh, and then uh, I thought that I was uh, <laughs> gonna get. Uh, they were like the, stiff arm. Yeah, and we'll they live down the stash. street too, yeah, so right. it's just like, <laughs> like. So I'm talking to that guy's daughter, like maybe six weeks ago, and I'm like, man, it's crazy that we grew up up there and we weren't around cannabis at all. Like nobody around us smoked weed. And she goes, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> That's and I was awesome. like. She's like, oh, oh, you're an idiot. Huh? Yeah, I oh, never God, complete that. more. I never realized that you were an idiot. So her dad is this guy named Paul Favre, and Paul, uh, rest you in peace, died. Name. Oh, okay. he's dead. He okay. died He died swimming in Cabo San Lucas uh, awesome. off the coast, like, out of a heart attack, massive heart attack, just, yeah. like, bleh, and just died. Good for him. The amazing dude. Like, he, that's a dream. That's a dream. Gave me, gave me my first lighter. Like, that's, that's my guy. <laughs> Uh, so Paul would smoke unfiltered camel cigarettes and drink yeah. goblets of wine while watering a dry patch in their yard that was clearly overwatered, like with a hose. Like he would spray it, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> and would set the cigarette down on the cement and then just guzzle a thing of wine and then just like set it down and smoke the cigarette. I didn't realize that every other cigarette was a giant joint. And Whoa. so he was just crossfading the shit just, out. Just oh yeah. Because like when I drank, and it's been a good decade since I have. Uh, not a good. It's been almost a decade. Uh, but that was a. I what I really love, and every now and then I like I don't really miss booze at all. And it'll be every now and then. It's not even booze. It'll be like moments that I'll miss. Is I would get. <laughs> it's so cheap. Uh, it's so funny now that I think about it. Because uh, I'm around fancy people that do drink wine, and I'm like, man, I don't, that must be good. But have you ever had yellowtail Shiraz? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Where you're just like, you drink two of those, and then you smoke like an eighth while you watch TV? You turn into glue. It's the best thing you've ever felt. <laughs> and that man was just standing in his yard doing like i had to be in a oh, chair yeah. to do that because because when you stand up you're like oh man i am Ooh. i don't have bones oh, no. anymore this, this is crazy. dude this dude's not even standing this dude is like catcher in the seventh inning knees out with a hose and is crouched and is like spider-man stance just, just drinking and smoking so Meets then I'm inside. Like, well, so I ask, so and her name's Katie, which I don't give a shit. Like, um, so I ask her. I was like, what? Like, how was he getting this? Like, I didn't ever see anybody get, coming over to your guys' house. It was selling weed. They had a side yard that I just thought was like, oh, it's just all of this overgrown plants. They had and as eight a kid, foot that's, tall plants. That's scary. Oh yeah, I didn't go in there because I thought there was bugs. There's like, like yeah, no, there's, there's probably like, spiders. That's where animals and snakes and storms and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's just where everything bad lives. You're exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, That's smart. They're smart people. And, I, and no one ever went back there because it's a small town, and like he didn't like it was his own supply, but like way too much for him. Like it, it was crazy. I don't know. It's, 
I don't know. And that's not it. <laughs> that's I'm how I feel these chain days. Smoking yeah. joints. And he's like, oh my god, this is, like, you this can't is, smoke all this. And he's like, this is me? my my computer table has just waxes and pen. I have a pen in one hand at all times. I have a bong on the floor. Uh, it's just it's oh, part of like, yeah. I used to grow six, but that wasn't enough. <laughs> so now I grow eight. Just then case. they just started growing on their own, and it oh I. It's crazy to think about it now because it's like I was so detached as a kid that it was going around around me and I had no idea. Um, but Reading is is like, it's a gossip town. So it's like you wouldn't know that unless you were hanging out on the, at this bleacher at that Little League game and really needed to pick up like a, like a dime bag. Like, and this is 80s, 90s Northern California where it was, it was still so frowned upon close... but like not in certain circles. Even that close to the triangle, growing up, it wasn't like because like when we talk to kids that grow up in on the other side, they all are just like, yeah, no, everyone's had a like when you were a little baby, you grew up next, and there's a little plant in your <laughs> crib, and that's what you. And I mean, I'm mocking, but like, even the people that were like, quote unquote, like city kids in Humboldt were like, by middle school to early high school, they were like. Oh, I knew guys with pounds. I knew this and this, but it's so fascinating. Like, just oh, across a that range, that. and th don't get me wrong, Mike and I found out there are pockets of in Humboldt that are anti. So which is really so, funny. It's like, well, this so is where like, all the money that you're getting is coming from. So y'all being <laughs> anti is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. It's it's crazy to me because it's uh, like living in places with recreational marijuana and watching what done responsibly, what that's capable of, like in the right hands, like as far as like we have this much money for schools now because we're selling eights to, you know, the cool uncle that now just doesn't have to buy it from, you know, their friend. Like that's that's really like. Honestly, that's 60 to 70 percent of the, of the recreational market, I would say, is people that like are now just starting to lift the veil of that that illicitness of it, of like because I still get people that walk into the dispensary that are like, huh, is it? Oh, like and it's still people that are like, can I take out my cell phone? I'm like, dude, it's like a gas station. You, know, you can do whatever you want. Like, just I don't. Well, you care. couldn't like, in California for a long like for a very long time. <laughs> you get yelled at by a big security guard. Yeah, no, that is like a good point. Where even, yeah, even when I go to Green Thumbs, like anytime I go to pull my phone out, I do feel I'm like, like and they're like, no, it's like they're they're always just like it's fine. And you're like they're like take a picture and do it. And you're like, oh. Yeah, because I remember the first time I walked in one, I was like, man, this is cool. And they were like, put your fucking phone. And you're like, hey, I didn't. <laughs> Ooh, hey. You guys said this, cool. you said this was legal. So <laughs> that does not make me, that does not give me confidence. I mean, granted, I did just get my license with the Seattle, I mean, my, yeah, my medical card with the Seattle driver's license on, and I could see the, the ocean in the open air tent on Venice. So I get that this is not, it doesn't feel super, but you guys yelling at people is not going to help this. It, but that was, you remember Andy Peters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, was, I still talk to Andy. I love Andy. This is my, this is how I got my first medical card. 
I was just visiting LA. He had lived here for like a year and a half already, mm. like over a year. And I was like, "Hey, let's go to Venice." And he was like, "Okay." And then they—that's when they had all those. They had like the, the doctors on the boardwalk. Yeah, with their and scrubs I, and they're standing and there was, next to a guy. So, and I was like, you know, the big green cross or whatever next to, you know, like deaf guy with fucking devil sticks just yeah, playing. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, you want to buy some fake Oakleys or you want to get a medical card? And you're like, I'm going to try to get a medical card. And I was like, Andy, I'm going to try Oakleys. I was like, I'm going to try I'm going to try to get a medical card. He's like, you can't. Do you have a, he's like, you don't have an ID. And I was like, I was like, what are they going to do, man? They just tell me no and I'll come back out and we're still on the beach. <laughs> I'll buy some from and that start, guy saw in the Oakleys. Yeah, he's like, he started laughing. He's like, that's a good point. And uh, I was like, I'll be right back. And I went in and I was like, hey, I just moved here. I only have this ID. And like, yeah, do you know your new address? And all I knew was Ralphie May's address. That's the only address I knew. <laughs> and I had, because it was like written in a thing, because I was staying with him. And I was like, I was like, if I know he will not care that I did this. I know he won't. And so I just gave him, I was like, this is where I'm living. And like, even they were like, this is nice. So I was like, I'm doing all right. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, uh, and I waited for maybe five minutes like maybe it was like not even long enough to be like uncomfortable sitting there we're like oh, this is awkward <laughs> and they're like come on back and then the guy goes uh he had all the ailments behind you and he goes which one do you have just tell me tell me when i hit it he goes which yes. he just points like which one do you have and i went huh <laughs> and he was like which ailment do you have and i was like headaches He's like, cool. And I walked out and I was like, Andy, check it out. And his jaw dropped. He was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but they told me to like walk around the corner. I was, yeah, like, I know what I was like, give me some money. Will take him. Mm -hmm. Do you want some weed? I'll go buy some weed. And he was like, oh, he's like, I've lived here for a year and a half. I still, <laughs> I still meet a dude and do this thing. And I was like, yeah, man, just what did you think they were going to arrest you? If you tried, he's like, I think I did. I think I did. <laughs> I was just like, I just thought it was like so much more of a process because of the other places they had legalized it mm -hmm. or medically that I was, as soon as I saw two or three places on the boardwalk, I was like, I just feel like I can, I feel like they want us to go in there to, they're giving them away. <laughs> Well, so they're like pulling Oregon. us off the street. It's like, like this is, it's uh, like, it's sandy in their lobby. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just don't <laughs> think this is a medical thing. I don't. That guy's got a tank top on. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a wrinkled lab coat. That's not confidence. Yeah. <laughs> in a medical professional. You, know, you can't like get someone was... else to iron it for you, Doc. Uh, You know, like what Joseph, what he was saying, though, like up in Oregon, it was so hard to get the medical card. Like they did not fuck around They're Like you have to show this. You got to do that. I called one time and they're like, well, we need you to get your medical record sent over. And I was like, OK, cool. And then just never went after getting a medical card. And I was like, I'll just grow weed, whatever. It's cool. 
No, Washington um, was like that, where it was like, it's like, you had to be like, because remember Hannigan? He's still around. He's an old comedian. He's hilarious. No. Hilarious. Seattle comic. Um, Hannigan? Hannigan. God, that sounds super familiar. He's it's a been million a while years old. Um, and if he's listed this, Hannigan, you're a million years old, motherfucker. <laughs> First of all, I don't know who turned who turned this podcast on for you, but tell him thank you. <laughs> but he's he's awesome. He's one of the first people I knew that like trimmed. Who would go? He was like, he's like, I'm a scissor drifter, and I was like, I was like, you're not a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's a good joke, and I was like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but he was like one of the first people that and he was like in a vet, Vietnam vet, and like, like, but he there was this market in Seattle and it was like a flea market and it was for medical patients. But they would, they could, if you went in there, I think they probably got the idea now that I'm thinking about from you guys because that, like, oh, I'm sure because Madeline they, was forefront, like, she knew a bunch of that stuff. Because it was like a medical flea market thing where it was like in like a hall, like a VFW type room. And, you know, every caregiver had their product. And if you perform, they gave us like an ounce, you know, because it was like back then, because they were just giving it away to people that needed it. And they mm -hmm. were like, and like you said, they were, now that I think of it, one of the best crowds I've ever performed it front of because they were just like this is cool we're all and people needed it and <laughs> people were feeling good because they didn't have to feel bad about the thing and then they're just giving you all this stuff and i was like oh it just made me realize like oh i could i want to be like a part of this like medical community so i looked into and it was like you need your we need your records and even to do like the care give thing you, we need this all this and at the time, I was such a mess that I was just like, I don't even know where to get some of this. <laughs> I was, I was show up and do jokes again. I'm sorry. That's how I'm going to give. You but it was like, there was this weird, there was also this weird time in LA where like you had to have a medical card and it was, they call it like Prop D, like there was Proposition D where it was like any dispensary that opened before this date you could stay open. So all these people made up fake licenses. They're like, no, 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 we've been around forever. And they like opened <laughs> like five days ago. Um, there was one guy, and this is, this one, I used to live in Highland Park, which was, uh, Where at? like kind of, uh, I used to live at, at Dina Nato's house. Like, oh, which, I just meant like what street? I don't know. Exactly uh, 50 Avenue 53 and Ash was like the okay. area. And it, it was like really close to like where they did that comedy central show. Uh, where it was uh, like somebody's front yard or backyard or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was like it was a really hot spot for comedy. Where like yeah, yeah, no, people it's... people figured out that they didn't have to pay anything for locations if they just paid comics a three hundred dollar check. Yeah. yeah, that sounds. And yeah, that was that area. Uh, so I I used to walk up to York and because there used to be like three dispensaries right next to each other on York during this time. Not anymore. Oh, it was nuts. <laughs> So I would get a coffee, and then I would go over to the dispensary, and one of the dispensaries was a dispensary slash art gallery, mm -hmm. which just <laughs> meant that the guy was going to sell you really cheap weed and then try to get you to smoke it there while he explained his paintings, 
which I was just like, this guy's a genius. Like, because he was just like, yeah, I used to trap people in my living room with this shit, but now I got a gallery. <laughs> he just he figured out how to lock the door and was like, yeah. no, 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 you guys hang out. And I didn't have anything to do, so I'd just be like, yeah, sure. And so it's like if I'd run out, I'd like buy two joints, and he would give you five to just listen to him talk about this. I had some friends kind... like that in college. Where That's exactly where what like, I felt hey, like. Hey, they're going to smoke us out the whole time, but we're going to have to hang out. And you're yeah, like, well, you're we have seven dollars, so we're gonna have to go hang out to get stuff. <laughs> what was that, the art like? That's what I want to know. It's it was good. it was Lisa Frank, but if Lisa <laughs> Frank had Parkinson's, is what it felt like. Because cool. like all the lines were meant to be straight, but like they would get to a point where you knew he was trying to go too far, and it got jam. too high. It's sleeves love some Lisa Frank, but with some with a Lisa Frank with some edge, I like that. Well, here's but, the thing. Yeah. Um, to like piggyback off like that kind of what LA used to be, because it's not. No. They all disappeared within like three or four months. All those little ones just gone. But what they do now, and I love it, is every now and then it'll be in Highland Park is where I'll see it. I'm sure it's happening all over the city, but where you know it's where I kind of in my hood around here is you'll just see this spot open up where it's like a new dispensary you know what i mean yeah and i just know enough about all of it because of this that i'll be like man the way they're doing that's weird um and then you go in and it's like hey you want to do a dab and you're like i know you can't do that um <laughs> but you're damn right i do and i know what this business is and, and they're like yeah here it's we're doing thirty dollar eights, and it's just like it's, it's just great, and uh, just the store should be called "Get It While You Can." It is so clear that that's what's happening, and they're like, yeah, and if you buy another eight, you get two dabs for free before you can go, and I was like, okay, I didn't walk here. I can't be. Like I'm not a huge person. Like, oh man, you shouldn't smoke. You know what I mean? Like it's like whatever. It's not. It's not booze or whatever so it's like but it's like you shouldn't do like four or five dabs and get in the car <laughs> not not because you're gonna do anything dangerous but if you get pulled over it's if you just, have to talk to anybody you're just like, it's not know. gonna go well yeah you're just gonna say stuff like well, hey what are why we have apps on our phone like what do they exist for just trying to get a better look at their badge like me, what is that is That's, that a lady holding scales? Do y'all hire like one person to do the drawing of it? <laughs> is there a mold for that badge? This is cool. <laughs> I like Glocks. Do y'all use yeah. Glocks? What do you got? I like a 23 is my personal. And there's like, I like you. You're fucked up, but I do like you. It's anytime I've ever so been in sorry, trouble with I a cop. It's they've all been yeah, they've all just been like, Man, you seem real fun. And I'm like, yeah, why are you making me not fun right now? <laughs> you know it's bad when you look down at the body cam and you're like, is that on? Yeah, like, turn it off. It was... Yeah, just you know what? Turn it on. I'm being pretty funny right now. <laughs> there is one night in particular where I was like, I remember being very funny at the police station, <laughs> and like later it, it like during you know lawyer talks and stuff, my lawyer being like, I think it really helped 
how funny you were <laughs> in this and i was like i do too because i was like i was i they were right to i should be in trouble for the amount of poison i had in me at that time but they were like but they were the whole time like he's like i like his they were like calling other people into the cube they were like hey this guy's ripping ripping him apart he's so funny and i was like is this okay and then they they didn't take me to jail they were like they took me back they were like i was like where are we going i was like we gotta go downtown they're like we're gonna take you back home i was like what and they started like, like they both started laughing i was like they were like you mentally prepared i was like yeah i've been mentally since you put the handcuffs on me i've been mentally prepared for where i was sleeping tonight like i've done this before and they were like no nah, we just, you're fine you know was there other people there like other like the other people detained there were there people that were on their way to be in boxes i do think now that I look back on it, probably it wasn't super busy, you know, because it was like a suburb of a city. I'm not gonna. I be feel more like specific. you gave them a reason to follow stand-up comedy because like, if you get good enough at this, they'll just let you go. It was no, and I've said this too, and I shouldn't say this, but it is. It's gonna be a lot of open micers just shitting the bed with cops. It is. I am gonna. Yeah, is that? <laughs> and I don't mean to toot my horn. I am. I'm more talented than most comedians. If there are comedians, list young comedians. So don't do what I did. But <laughs> I was adept at performing while inebriated at that point, especially at that point in my life. I wasn't super happy in some of the life choices, life choices for sure that I had got myself into. And so being that hammered, didn't really affect my performance skills at all it probably was just like numbed who i was just enough to not be scared when i should have been scared yeah so that's i was just I was. like you know and it's like that's not i mean that's there's there's a there's a plethora yeah. of reasons why i don't pour that poison in my mouth anymore um but that like was the second show on a saturday night you were there it is it is something where i yeah oh i was like Especially when they were like, hey, come in here. You know, as a comedian, you're just like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing yeah. you just yeah, like They your call chest people back in. Like, oh, I'm gonna, oh. I got, you know, I got 45. Y'all want me to work it out? Let's do it. But I, I'll come back tomorrow for three shows if you need it. And it's on my first record, too, when they took me back to the. <laughs> I was married at the time and my wife was pregnant at the time. And that was not. I wanted them to take me to jail, if I'm being honest. And then like, we're taking, I was like, I'm not good. Like, you guys are, you're being, this is cruel and unusual. I think this is against the Constitution. I think you guys know that this is worse. I think <laughs> they did. I don't know. I think they liked me well enough. I think they thought they were doing something cool. And I was like, I think you should take me downtown. Because you guys seem all right. Because it seems safer there than where you're taking me. Yeah, unless you guys change cars halfway there, I'm going to be in more trouble when we show up. This is not the first time <laughs> this has happened, you guys. But I feel like the old days were better, like, for certain reasons, but I, I, don't, I don't miss the parts that I block out. Like, if I'm being completely honest. Like, because 
like there's the old the millennia the Mulaney joke where he compares it with the Chinese food is like you don't have to offer your Chinese food guy some is like that was the least scary part of buying weed from people back then like this is pre dispensaries this is like back in Portland so Mike did you ever bought did you ever buy weed in Portland like when it was illegal to buy weed no he sold it and grew it when it was oh, you, you were on the smarter side of it. Yes, he was. was no, no, no. So he I, doing, I was a dummy he bartender. Business better than we did, Justin. He was just, oh God! Wait, you can? Oh, you can grow? Yeah, I, 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 I would bartend in Portland, bag. and I would get off work, and I would order a pizza. And at the end of my pizza order, like they're closed now, so screw it. Hammy's Pizza in Portland is who we used to buy all my weed from. I would call them, and I'd, I'd, hey, who's working tonight? And then whoever was working, I would just call them on their cell phone and be like, what do you got? And it was, hash was really big at the time, so I got really into hash. So I would buy an eighth and usually a gram or two of hash at the time, and it would come with a pizza. Like, that was, I mean, that was living the dream. I would get off work from bartending, and, it, like... This is before I, because I, I quit drinking, like, I quit drinking for 12 years, I relapsed and started drinking again during COVID, because you can black out in your own apartment and the cops don't show up. Like, that's not it's true. fine. You're, that's not true. What? Really? All right, I didn't press my limits enough, but. You can, and, listen, oof. you can do a lot inside your apartment and the cops will show up. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that Vegas one from experience. Still, I just so. have friends that were just like, dude, I was just in my house and I was like, what are you doing? You, I don't think you were just doing stuff in your house. But I, I, it is not for me. Like I, I figured that out very quickly. It was like, oh, I have a bad time on this. Like my default when I would get like what normal people would be like sociably drunk or like fun time drunk, that's usually uh, crying and running away and just getting into terrible situations uh i uh i went up to portland in march to go to a show and had a very terrible time with alcohol that oh ended with yeah me. you told me yeah. about that that's fine i blacked out and a lot of the things that come back to me are funny if, if they didn't happen to me like i so I blacked out and then like a couple of weeks later like things started to come back like little snippets of the evening and I legitimately asked, like, tears in my eyes, asked a dog for directions to my Airbnb. What did they and, say? Well, the dog <laughs> just stared at me and was, like, kind of put, like, taken aback a little bit by it, which was really, like, a dickish thing from a dog. Like, mm -hmm. I'm used to dogs being really cool. This one had a chip on his shoulder. And I, there was a person there that I didn't acknowledge at all, like, that was with the dog. And I asked the dog where my Airbnb was and wandered off. And the only thing I remember is the guy yelling at me from about a block away. Fine, then fuck you, man. And then <laughs> I think he's trying to tell me how to get there. And just like so embarrassed and was just like, this is not for me. Like it's other people have a good time with it. And I can't like I suffered so much embarrassment the next day trying to find my phone because I just. I I called a cab to a hot dog place that I liked that was 70 blocks away from my actual location. And that was not, that's when, you know, you're too drunk and other people need to take care of you. <laughs> so we're at an hour, which is awesome. <laughs> um, no, it's, this is great. Like, and um, I'm just letting you know, so we are 
gonna wrap it toward we're gonna lean yeah. towards wrapping it mm -hmm. but like there's like several things because you and i talk all the time on instagram and yeah there was like what mike and i are we like to keep it you know we love talking to growers and we like to talk to different parts of the industry especially as it's it it's changed so much even since we've started doing this this mm -hmm. podcast which has been like not even two years and it's like even uh, i said it the other day about i was like hey what's palm springs like because my manager and i my entertainment manager i was like part of my dream is like and his dream too is like he just wears track suits and lives in palm springs and has to fire people <laughs> at our dispensary from time to time and i was like yes that's all he's like he's like you'll just call me and be like hey we gotta we gotta let this dude go i'm like yeah go track suited up i'm in hawaii growing weed <laughs> <laughs> but so I was I'm always curious like what is it like out there and you're like you just see there's just I think I posted Sonny Wong's uh first draft who yeah. uh of the Titanic and he's like the 2022 cannabis industry and it's when it's cracking up. and mm. you were like yo this is you're like I'm just seeing people left and right and then I was like, California's really bad. And then when I talked to Mike, he's like, it's bad up here too. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, like if it's bad in Palm Springs, which is like, that's where people go to chill the fuck out and they have money. And it's bad in Oregon where it's like, that's what everyone We're loves shire. to do. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, what is truly what do you see every day that is that has changed you where you were like the other day you're like i think i might i want to start making it and that makes me happier to where you're like what even being in pumps i'm not being clear about this question but i am like <laughs> leading into it so people mm -hmm. understand where i'm coming from with it where it's like it's it that worried me when even you were like yo i'm out here and it's still like and what, like I said, anytime I go to Palm Springs, every dispensary I'm in is like, it's like early Colorado. It feels like early Colorado where people are just, because it's a vacation spot and it's chill. So there's always people coming in and out. And then when I hear you be like, ah, it's not great. And even, I mean, Green Thumbs isn't employee. It's not as uh, staffed as it used to be. I've noticed. I I think because I was I was thinking about a, a lot about this. So I uh, we so I I use the phrase a lot. I, like I think that was the first thing that I had sent to you when we had talked about this. Is that there is uh, my little phrase for it is that there's there's too many cokeheads in the in the weed industry. I was and, I was trying to lead. I yeah. was hoping you. I didn't want to steal your line. I was hoping you remembered it. That I was like. I it's... yeah. It's very it's it's frustrating to to see people that know nothing about this industry look at it like a cash grab, and to not take people's experience and expertise into account. And I think that's very frustrating. Um, it's I see a lot more exploit like exploitation of the industry out here from people that aren't cannabis people more so than anything else. I see a lot of people call themselves legacy people that I've never heard of. And it's like, 
like we were talking about earlier that's like this is a very small community so all i have to do is is play the seven degrees of separation game and if i don't know anybody who's heard of that person there's a good chance that that person's backstory is complete bullshit um uh, so the day that I left LA, like when we left was, it was like the, one of the first weeks of January and it was right when the recreational law was going into the state of California, which is kind of weird. Like we didn't plan that, but like we were moving out of state. We were driving out of Inglewood, California at the time. And I saw, I think we counted like 40 MedMen trucks, just ready, ready to go put Costco level weed in like into every dispensary they could and to to really try to saturate that industry. I think the biggest problem that we're they seeing right now. They didn't do it. No, I know they tried though. I mean, you saw that. That's, that, that but that's video. the fascinating part of it though. Cause it was, you're right. The blanket move. I was like, damn, but it didn't fucking work. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it scared a lot of people, which is great. I, I hate that. Like, and personally, I really hate that approach into, into the cannabis industry of like, it didn't stop a lot of people. A lot of that big it, money, though. Well, no, and that's that's the other thing is like there's so many people that have invested in a cannabis that you would have to shake that foundation to get them out. But all like they can do whatever they want on the side if that money is going to the right people and not like it's it's an idiom, but like not to snake oil. Like I'm so tired of people trying to sell me weed rather than just growing really good weed. Yes. Like, I, I don't care who's on it. I just want good product. And and it bothers me when people think that marketing bad weed will make it good weed. Like you have to start with a good product. Like you can't you cannot uh you well, it's here's a, you can't thing turn a donkey they, into a zebra by painting stripes on. A lot of them even here's the they know that they know that you have to start with a good product. The smartest marketers I have seen do get that. The one, but where they irritate the shit out of me, and it's just going to keep happening, is there's no consistency after that first big push of that marketing of the new strain or whatever the popular name is, mm -hmm. is that like sure that you blew it out that first or you waited until you could blow it out for you got the right harvest or whatever and then they push it and then you're like cool i want that's great that was great and then you get it again and you're like what happened what happened mm -hmm. with this one to where they're like well this is and you're like well this isn't i just know enough about growing now to know that not the same fucking people grew this. Like, yep. I just know that. I just know enough. I, I couldn't tell you what it is that's different, but I know it's different. And then I go to Mike and he's like, well, here's what we're doing. And they're doing this and this and this, or they're trying to do it. It's, I was explaining this to someone earlier today. Uh, he got a pound of weed uh, that was just, Returned to sender to his apartment. Ugh. Uh, like literally. Oh no! Not, okay. Yeah. Not his, okay. That one. Not his. Got it. Like Just... literal fucking lottery is what it is. Oh, that's awesome. It sat there for a month and a half. It kept coming back. 
and then he's finally he's like i'm just gonna he's like i asked people in the apartment building is this and they were like no and he's like so i just it's just gonna keep coming back and he opened it up and he was like there's a pound in here and i was like so i went and, and he was like could i sell this to a dispensary i was like well, not legally no no yeah but it, i was like do you know anyone that works at one and he was like no and i was like then you can't you can't mm. and then he was like well could i and it's like decent stuff but oh i i know exactly what to do with that and that's just hobbyist stuff i would turn that right into ash because well cause he's, i don't I, he tried don't to know what it, it is but i know i could wash it he tried to sell it by the pound and i was like you're not he's the comedian so i was like, oh no <laughs> i was like no and he almost sold it to a friend of ours and i was like i just don't it sat there for too long i and then i was, was like, it well, being burped correctly what was the sure it was sure um <laughs> and i told him i was like is it in glass and he was like is that good and i was like okay um <laughs> okay it's not if you're you should he's like where do i get glass at and i was like just glass jars like from target <laughs> like but he did end up like you know just selling it for like a i was like he's like well someone said i should just sell it for a hundred dollars an ounce i was like yeah you should i was like you'll make more than you selling it by a pound you don't smoke really mm -hmm. and then i know you know 15 14 people that will buy it especially with these prices right now mm -hmm. and i was like and that's these prices are why that's you found that it's because people don't want to pay those anymore and they don't yep. want to sell this to dispensaries they'd sell it where they can get it yeah well and the worst part is, is if people still like like black market weed is literally just weed that somebody grew that didn't want to pay a 43 percent exorbitant you don't tax. call tomatoes black market tomatoes I do, but tax. that's just a personal thing. Well, <laughs> that's a weird heirloom. So much better. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like I have, I have a lemon tree, and I have a Meyer lemon tree in my yard, yeah. and I don't. Yeah, like, I don't have to go. Be like, here, here's some black market lemons. You know yeah, what I mean? These, like, are, it's, these are seed to sale lemons. Like, <laughs> it's so silly to me. Like, how many hoops, the uh, like, cause I, I remember you've been talking about like it's like the, the, at the end of the day these are farmers, these are farmers and cultivators. Uh, like they're not, they're not legislators, and these people aren't accountants or they're not lawyers. Like the problem with asking, like I mean, it's like if you were to take a beef farmer that's making, cause like that's most of like. I grew up raising, like, my family raised steers, so we raised beef cattle. So people are like, oh, you guys made a ton of money. No, you break even. You do zero-sum game where you make enough to buy enough head the next year to keep doing the same thing to keep the lights on a ranch and to keep the horses fed and to keep everything going. It is the same exact process, but you have... And people, like, it's so frustrating to me that people don't realize how delicate weed is, especially when we're talking about things that are 35 to 40% cannabinoids, which I, if you give me something in the bag says 45% total cannabinoids and half of that bag isn't resin, something's wrong. <laughs> like, it's so annoying tell, to me. I always tell people, I'm like, think about it as a pie chart. 
think about this nug as a pie chart, and 45% of this has to be THC. Yes, physics yeah. just physics just doesn't allow for that. Look you at with your pay. own eye. Blow it out, bro. I paid eighty-eight dollars an ounce. I mean, it's great. it breaks right eight, up. Eighty-eight, <laughs> eighty-eight and eight. That's how you know it's good. Eight, eight, eight. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. Oh my god, I, and I, blew I saw on it. You don't need a grinder. Ago. You do not need a grinder. You just look at it hard, and it'll break itself. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so. Uh, it's. It's like, cause like, like it sucks to have to compare it to things like the, like the bartending industry, like the liquor community, because I feel like they're very different products. But people at the top or people that are deciding legislation want to try to treat them the same way. But cannabis is treated with like, can you imagine having to go through three different doors to get a beer? Like, because that's exactly what they're trying to do to the cannabis industry as far as purchasing. The dispensary that I work at has to hire a full-time security guard staff or pay for one. They have to pay for full bud tenders, which which is fine. I mean, bud tenders are bud tenders. That's, That's normal to have to do. But at the same time, I treat any type of cannabis as a medicine, so I treat it like an apothecary. If something walks to the door, I try to know everything about that. And I pass that along to people that I am in charge of because I don't, this is what bothers me in the cannabis industry. I don't run a hookah bar. I don't run a strip club, but 80% of the industry in the state of California likes to pretend that dispensaries are either one of those two categories. No, I and understand. Is, I think there's yeah, if a the culture... house is too loud. I can't hear information. <laughs> I think there's a culture now of, uh, that's starting to change that. Like I went and did a show at a, um, it's like a, it's a, you could smoke in the place in West Hollywood. It's God, a cons- awesome. consumption place. The show, you know, like any weed show is like, there's no momentum and it's fun, but it's not ideal for stand up. but I'm never gonna tell them not to do it. Cause they give you, you know an eighth and it's a cool place and they're like you're always welcome here and then woody harrelson just opened one so i think there is this like some of those old heads that have money do get that there needs to be i'm trying to think of how to word it right and it's like trying to tell some of those farmers those true legacy guys and gals that like listen i agree with you about the corporation i agree with all of it but it's not gonna stop they're not gonna stop it's happening you have to to accept that they're gonna be a part of the industry a large part and you have to figure out how you protect people that truly love it and aren't gonna go buy a pack of fucking marlboro uh joints because they're going to the lake you know it's like people like us and like like there is a place for that because there's a place for it in alcohol if you want to look at it like that and there's a place for it in food too mm-hmm. which that exactly. that is the that is the hopeful part that i do see in this because for a while you can ask mike 
and you know during our our hiatus and stuff when we weren't recording i'm, I'm kind of glad we weren't because there was a part of me that was like <laughs> really angry with parts of the industry because of how stubborn they were being about not accepting it and being like we, we can stop it and like you can't fucking stop it it's, it's definitely a two-way street and it's it, a thing where you have stubbornness on both sides and I, it is a thing where you're ugh. like you're just gonna it's like a different because like you said you look at it as like apothecary and like helping people it, that is a part of it and then some of these growers the way they grow it's an art to them and mm-hmm. that's why i truly kind of relate to the grower as quickly as I I did and didn't understand why and the more I get to understand as I grow on my own and understand which parts of the industry are attractive to me is like oh it's the art part of it is like this kind of like learning and the sharing and then that's why it's like as an artist that has fought the corporations my whole career Mm-hmm. It's like because you get because you have to flirt with them. They can pay you stuff. Sometimes they let you do cool stuff. Some a lot of times you gotta. They're gonna get theirs. That's the only thing you mm-hmm. gotta understand. Is you can get yours is, but they're gonna get theirs because that's what it is. But if you're doing art, you can find your place. If it's truly like you said about like I was right. My grandpa's a cattle farmer. Like that's the. You know, and people don't understand that. Well, you got a new tractor, and you're like, yeah, that's not sexy. Because we flipped the other one because it was 50 years old. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, we we took every profit we made and, like, had to buy a tractor because it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not, we didn't go to Acapulco. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not how farming is like, no, yeah, we have food, we eat well, and, like, we're all happy and stuff, but no one's getting rich it's a lifestyle that we all enjoy and i think i took that i saw that early in stand-up where it was like i don't i worked with some people that i thought were doing what i was what i had dreamed to do and i evaluated their happiness and all that and was like oh that's what i really that's the dream is to be happy so like i do think that's like the if it's not making you happy don't fucking do it and i think that that's why there'll be places sorry to get all weird and stuff about it but it is like (laughs) i'm hopeful about it because it is like this i see it as the same as comedy and i think that's why i love it so much is like if you do it because you love it and it makes you happy and you're doing it in a smart way and you're not being shitty about it and trying to like that Quincy Jones talks about like when God leaves the room you know he's talking about when money just enters the room he's like it doesn't it's not it's like it's not quality great you can make something decent but it's never special (laughs) and that's what I think about cannabis that way I think about comedy that way I think about music like like all of it you can do the the business part is definitely a part of it Hmm. so but acting like it's just like so I'm not as mad as I was so mad at it for a good couple months, like two or three months ago. I was like, I was like, fuck I these feel, people. Like and they were saying that this, creates and then they clarity, Because <laughs> you, you have to, you have to find the point to dull the point. And it's like, if you're not doing that with 
if you're seeing things you love being hurt by things that are coming from outside forces, you have to get mad at it first before you can logically approach it. Because otherwise, you don't know what the, what you're after. And it's... I don't, like, I'm glad you didn't record it, because that sounds terrifying. But, like, it's... I think it is important <laughs> no, yeah, no, to I'd reinvestigate. There's, there's whole parts of my I'm life that people would be like, if I ever yeah, did stand-up <laughs> about, like, that went on during your life? Or, yeah, I don't say stuff that I don't want to say about. So, well, and I'm, I, I'm off stage for, I think the, like, I've been off stage for four and a half years, and now we're talking about getting back on stage with a totally different approach. Because I did stand up for so long, afraid of being who I am on stage and not having, like, having all of this imposter syndrome stuff going on, where it was, like, not ever thinking, like, that I could, I could do this thing, and then being like, wait, no the more that I focus on it, the less perfect it gets. So it's kind of like you have to let parts of yourself come out, otherwise it just comes off untrue. And I feel like cannabis industry is that way, where it's like, if you're not growing the thing that you know how to grow, because it's like jealousy's popular in this last year, but if you don't know how to grow a jealousy strain and you only know how to grow a, a like Skywalker or something like that, you better follow the instructions because if you don't you're going to grow something at 18 percent and be sitting on six pounds of nothing well and like i keep trying to tell people it's like how many national companies did you know out of oregon before cannabis right and every single cannabis startup company is like i want to take over the world i want to do this i want to do that it's like no man just do good at your craft. Just be about it. Like there's that episode with um, what's his face, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown. And it's like a three generation sushi bar in Japan, and they're like, okay, well this dude, he makes rice for three years before we even mm -hmm. let him touch a fish. And like you know, some people are like, that's crazy. And to me, I'm like, dude, I bet that rice fucking bangs. I bet that's some great fucking rice. I want to try that rice. And, you know, I think people just have to be a little, everybody, even the weed growers, they got the stories, they saw the dateline, they thought that they had won the lottery, and it's like, nah, man, just do the thing. Well, and, and Billy and I were talking about that, which always bothers me, because it's a, another one of the phrases that I had, I had brought up, it's like, everybody thinks this is Starbucks. Like, this is 1997, and it's Starbucks. Everybody thinks, because I have coffee beans, and because I have this teenager working at the counter... I'm going to sell a million lattes and there's no recognition of the craft. There's recognition of the product in that craft where, or the, there's product profit in that craft. And they know that and they think, Oh, well, all I have to do is, is put up, you know, a coffee hopper and it's, a, an espresso machine, but it's not that it's, it's, there's care at all different levels from, and it's like, I don't really like calling out brands because the next, like anytime I do that, the next thing they release something that I don't agree with, but there are certain brands out there that are doing it the right way that aren't spending the money on this rapper's endorsement on this eighth of mid to make it a high. There are people out there that are spending the money on cultivation. It's just, it's putting the spotlight on those people versus putting the spotlight on the millions of dollars in marketing. Like I was, a, I was a blind cannabis cup judge for a long time. And I feel like, that used to mean something where nowadays it looks like e3 like i you can go to a cannabis event and there's people spending 10 million dollars on marketing for their 12 different products 
and it's just like why like give me good products stop spending that money in this direction but that's what i get mad at in the industry that i have to get over is that money is always going to be there it's i think it's reverse gatekeeping you have a lot of people at the top that where it's like for me to start my own dispensary i'm looking at six million dollars in the state of california to to start that is pre-labor that is before i get to the logistics of running a business just in licensing if i could find an angel investor to come in and spend that money i tomorrow i would start my own dispensary the biggest problem with that is people want a profit in that first year but we're talking about like business like people restaurants don't see a profit for five years regular businesses don't see a profit for three years and that's built into the model but everybody wants to think they're going to be a millionaire overnight well it it's the same problem that we were talking to to bring it back to close this episode up but it is it's a similar problem with that is the same problem that you're having with let with legislation and regulation is it's the same type of motherfucker who's who is in that business or in that part that doesn't understand it and they get it from you know their understanding is their friend that sold weed in college or knew what pounds were because you know like that you can flip this much money and do it this way and you're like and it's it i always think to when my buddy i was sitting with my buddy who makes just wonderful hash but he chooses to do it illegally mm -hmm. uh i think he just enjoys the lifestyle more than anything uh, <laughs> well but, and i love hash i'm a hobbyist hash person like I'm, but, I'm not trying to start a hash company but it's so much fun to make but he yeah and he was but he his setups very impressive and the way he did it too was cool and we were sitting there and we're talking about uh legalization's about to happen and blah 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 and he was like oh damn blah 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 he's like uh and i said no dude you're fucked and he was like what do you mean i was like the whole reason you make money is because it's a risk and reward thing with you is because you're sending it all to illegal places i was like it's not because you turn that knob and feed that fucking oven real good exactly and he started laughing he's like yeah and he's like and a lot of times i just pay them and they don't really know what they're doing to do that and i was like exactly <laughs> i was like so where you make your money is because you don't get nervous when you're doing crazy shit and that's where you, that's where you're and that's that whole thing is like these investors come in and they're like well this is easy money because my friend in college he used to flip pounds we used to do that we could so I'll come in here. I'll put six million down. We'll make our money back in a fucking year. Cause it's and mm -hmm. you're like, no, you won't. It's just, yep. It's like it's, but I, Mike's heard me bitch about this too, and I almost yelled about. It. It's like, I've, I've, and I don't say in the cannabis business because that's not what I'm in. But I am like, in like a part of it in a weird way because of oh the i hate to say it but you are your cannabis influencer definitely like as far as like people know what you're about in this industry that's interesting um do not plan on that that's weird um <laughs> i and i'm not worried about it because i only know how to be me so it's not be like well, you gotta pay me to say stuff no i don't, I don't <laughs> um but 
I immediately, not immediately, but about a year or two, year and a half in, I went to Mike and I was like, it's so goddamn similar to comedy in that motherfuckers try to come in thinking like, I'll just do this and this and this, and then this will work. And then I'll just mm -hmm. make money and do the thing. And you're like, I understand why people think that. I do understand because they're not wrong about like these steps. It's like they do understand like these are kind of the vague steps to do these things. But taking those steps, Bambi, is not it's they're not easy steps to make. It's like it's like somebody's like, Oh, you just go in, you sell this, you sell this, and then boom, you're like, sure. Now go sell the thing. And you're like, I I don't do that. And you're like, But what happens we go? with a thousand of you have a thousand of those first steps that look the same, but only three of them work. Yeah. And and it's the same on that second step, and now there's 10,000 steps. And that's that's one of the biggest problems, is you have all these people that... I thought it was a step it in looks staircases, like it work. son of a bitch. <laughs> well, and that's like, you have like what what people would call a crypto bro mentality in this industry right now where it's like we're getting it at the ground level and the next thing you know it's going to be a three thousand percent mark and it's like no you're 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 still selling to people that are in the lower middle income bracket that aren't sitting on man if it was legal i'd spend ten thousand dollars a month on weed no these people have a limit on what they're going to smoke and buy tourist city or not like if you're if you're in a legal state and you have legal dispensaries the dispensaries around you are just like any other business it's those the, like a lot of what you're not seeing is keeping the lights on and a lot of what that dispensary is selling like and i, I hate six we're, we're like i would say the dispensary i work for and like my approach on it is not this way but the majority of it is this way is we need to move out what's giving us the most profit and it's like it's not a target. It's like you can't do that with this industry. And those are to the those are to the dispensaries that I think are doomed to fail. Like you see that model fail more often than not. Um, I hate to see it. I I don't like to see businesses close. I don't care what the business is. But like when it comes to cannabis, it's like yeah, because you were doing it wrong. Like you were doing it thinking like I have six months to make my money back. And we're at month five and I've lost money. And it's like, well, yeah, because nobody knows who you are. No, like, that's the thing. I mean, that is a tough conversation to have is about small business in general is like when it's sad is when it's like a small business, it's like truly like popular and just like everyone loves it. And it's like, well, they can't compete with corporations anymore and they're done. You know what I mean? And then there's those that are like, oh, you're not good at business yeah you're really bad at this you it's just no like and that's okay but it's not yeah. because corporations came in and stuff it's like you weren't open a lot and then no one knew you were existed and then when you were open you were kind of mean and then <laughs> you know what i mean exactly it's like, oh yeah it's like there's a reason i don't own a store you know because it's like i you gotta go every day you gotta be nice to people that you don't want to be nice to it's like no that's not that's not i'd tell jokes and well, if, if people are rude to me, I have large men can kick them out. <laughs> it's awesome. It's the same. It's the same type of mentality of people that are like, "I love records. I want to go work in a record store." And it's like, "No, you should go work in a record store if you like being a librarian, because that's 
what the job is. The job is literally being there for people to take things from you. Like, your job is to make sure they're in order. Like, that's, that is 80 to 90% of your job. And I like fashion. I'm going to go work at Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, you like folding stuff? Because yeah, that's what that is. You don't get to pick people. what pants are out there. No, yeah, you're the, they're not going to let you. You you good at basic math? Because that's what you're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah, it's I like, just because you can ollie doesn't mean you get to work at Zoomies. <laughs> I tell people all the time, they're like, I want to grow weed. I really love weed. And I was like, well, you should be really good at being a janitor because that's basically what you are. Mm-hmm. You're a janitor for plants. I spent a lot of today just sweeping up dirt. That, that was a lot of today. It's... Man, thank you for your time, dude. This is oh, really, it's, it's, it's my good. pleasure. I mean, I would, I will do this anytime you guys need me. I I no, I want this talk. industry that's to great. succeed. And you have the same kind of like, hey, this is. Like, I'm not worried about any of the big stuff. Like the, like I said, the corporation stuff is like, it is in the, some of the big players. I'm not, I don't give a fuck about them either. What I think has presented itself to us and to Mike and I and just what's happened to us and what we've seen and is like, this whole thing is about protecting the farmer and the people that want to grow it even if it's just recreationally for themselves as a hobby, like that part needs to be protected on all levels. Uh, and there needs to be brackets involved with the way they, they, uh, tax everything too. Like it's just, you know, the, the wild west in me is just like, you know, you need to regulate some of this stuff before it gets and you know, burners on the fucking cover of Fortune right now, yelling about that, and I, I have mixed feelings about that, that dude, about the mm-hmm. way he goes Me about too. certain things. And I'll be honest, I think a lot of people do, and, uh, but, he is bringing up the right conversation, which is. That's what makes it hard. Is is he is he's saying the right things and he's on the right side. It's the way that he says things. I. I worry about people taking in the wrong way. Well, I mean, he ain't a grower. That man no, is not. He's that a hip hop artist. That man is a big blue building <laughs> business man. Is what he yeah. is more than he is a hip hop artist. Uh, and I ain't mad at it, but I'm not misidentifying who he is. So I think that's what people can do. Uh, when especially pers- big personalities like that, they misidentify who they really are. And I'm, he's just clearly a businessman. Now I'm happy that the, what he's trying to do for the legacy growers in the small, like I do think he sees, but, and this is for people that made it through the whole episode. It's 90 minutes. <laughs> They'll get to hear me. But I do think, the reason he's having that conversation is because he's still going to be a small grower when it comes down small business when it comes down to legalization is as big as he is and as big as people think he is right now once philip morris and those motherfuckers come in he ain't shit and i don't mean that mean i just mean like in a game sense like oh yeah and it's like, a matter of time. Like we're talking maybe, maybe two years. Like I would not I, even. 
It's yeah. Well, I think if, yeah. Once it all yeah, works, it's, yes. Once it's it does, gonna be it's just so faster than people think. At, well, and people at, have to realize we best, can't tear it down. Yeah. At best, she's a lower quality version of Wawa. Like that's the whole thing. It's it's just <laughs> it's, franchise. Totally agree. Out. Yeah, and he'll and it won't be as national as think as people think. It will be regionally where he will be. And I, I none of this is negative. I don't like. Oh. I think what he's done for cannabis overall has been quality and good overall. You know, we could talk about you know some of the growing. Practices. We could tear it apart if we wanted to, but yeah, it's but fine. It's like, but that's an interesting part that I don't think people truly understand. Is like the reason he's having that conversation the way he is is because when it comes legal, he is small. Well, and I think it's it's it says something about being on Forbes because Forbes has always been anti-cannabis, and now we are dealing in a time where they are now seeing the profit in it, and to feature somebody who is a cannabis industry person on their cover is already a huge step in general. Mm-hmm. Well, he's went and showed him what the IPOs and all that stuff can do. So <laughs> they they ask for your bank statements. He ain't a dumb dumb. <laughs> um, like I said, he a business man. Oh, thank uh, you so much, Justin. Yes. You've been oh, thank you guys. Amazing. It was it was a pleasure. I, uh, you know, I I love this show, so it's always fun. To contribute. Awesome, and we're gonna yeah. uh, and Mike's we're gonna try to get Mike down to SoCal soon, and we'll just go out to Palm Springs and see you. Yeah, yeah it's needs, it's he needs to see Joshua Tree. He's never seen all that stuff, so, so. it's a it's a wonderful wonderful little area in California that somehow is still. Uh, wild which is kind of nice but it's also you know a great place to visit especially the off season it's still like 85 degrees it's it's it is mad it's like the part of the the desert where you're like this is magical it's like a magical part of the desert so dude have a good night excellent you guys too sleep fall asleep